Welcome to Weekly Taiwan. This is a podcast where we share our weekly insights and have an improvised discussion around them. Hi, welcome everybody to the podcast. I'm very excited that this week we have a very special guest with us, Valerie. Uh, who is the marketing human at Taival and is also working in some of our projects. And he, this week, had a great idea for the podcast. So we thought, why not uh, bring it up for all of you to hear and hopefully then discuss with us afterwards. Welcome, Valerie. Welcome, Reko. Hello. Thanks for having me. Very excited to be on the front stage of our podcast. Looking forward to this uh... This one, Valera, we've had some really interesting conversations before, so really expecting something. An interesting question from you. Perfect. So um, as, as Valerie pointed out, he's basically the master brain behind the podcast. So he's making sure that all of you hear us and, um, and that we're audible. And that we sometimes have a pirate voice, as some of you might recognize from one of the previous podcasts. That was a feature, not a bug, right? <laughs> exactly. And if you don't know what we're talking about, you haven't been listening to all the podcasts. So you might need to revisit some old ones and find the episode that uh, has my, pi my pirate voice. Perfect. Let's get started. Valerie, why don't you just introduce the idea and where you found it? And then let's get started. Okay, so um, a little bit of background on this. Um, this past weekend, I was uh, a participant at a design hackathon called Dash Design Hackathon. Um, and it has numerous different challenges to which you have an entire weekend to come up with a solution with your team. And it's a design hackathon because you don't necessarily need to code, but you need to um, create a solution, create some kind of a concept. And the challenge I was participating in was uh, given to us by CityCon, which shortly is to design the future shopping center. And I'm going to read out the piece of the challenge, which is pretty much solidifying the idea here. In this challenge, the task is to come up with innovative and novel designs and services that seamlessly integrate physical and digital value creation in future shopping centers. Now, that is a very specific challenge we've been tackling, but I thought it would be good to bring this up and widen a bit um, the spectrum and to discuss, in general, this convergence of physical and digital in the retail space. So I guess we could start. I, I, was, I was thinking that we started our design discussions by trying to kind of figure out the bigger picture behind it. So in your opinion, guys, what is there about digital and physical in retail space? So let, let me maybe comment first, and then, Reiko, you have much more experience in retail hands-on. Um, you can then correct me and, and jump in. I guess, I mean, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say that and, and reveal when we're recording the podcast, but today is Black Friday, which is one of the big days uh, in online retail in the, in the cyber world. And specifically in, in the current pandemic, there, the expectation is that the the amount of transactions that will be happening today will be five to ten times higher than in a normal 
in a normal Friday. At the same time, you see if you go to the shopping center and, and if you go to the supermarket, you, you see people there that are enjoying their shopping and they're enjoying the physical experience of retail. What we haven't seen a lot of, um, I personally think, is that convergence that you have been talking about, Valerie, where you could create something like a digital twin of the, of the store, of the supermarket, and you could combine a showroom in the physical environment with then the online shopping experience uh, and so on and so forth. And I think this will, this will be driven by the pandemic uh, that we're currently experiencing, um, be a movement that will accelerate. Um, and, and we will see more and more of these examples where, where these two worlds will actually come closer together. Let me, let me pick up from that. I, I think you captured the essence very well. Um, a, a concrete example of this um, from my previous employer we were uh, discussing about how we could make the shopping experience better. And uh, there was in our retail shop, there was a, a spot in the, in the corner where you could um, experience the uh, wine being made. Uh, in the wine estate where it was from. And it was actually this uh, 3D glasses, uh, virtual reality experience where you could see the uh, winery uh, owner talking about uh, how they press the wine and what it looks like when they prepare it and when it ripens. And then you can buy the wine. So one of the, one of the core things is really deepening the experience of the customer who physically physically comes to your space and I, I think the digital physical blur is really it, it's really important to understand that it's all about customer experience uh, in the end that they feel comfortable they, they want to come back to your brand and and they want to buy things through your uh, system through your interface, whether it be physical or uh, digital. So you mentioned shopping experience. I think often when we were looking at it, one of the key elements of the shopping experience that was discussed was uh, convenience for the customer that especially right now, uh, when we talk about for businesses, it's an ever-changing world. And for us, uh, basic people around, it's also quite a dynamic and fast-moving world where people occasionally don't have time for many things. So convenience has become uh, some kind of, I don't know, holy world, holy word, I guess, you know, in the retail space. And naturally, e-commerce and the digital side of retail has convenience kind of built into its genes. So when it comes to the physical side of retail, they have to really think innovatively and come out of the box to be able to do something about it. So when you think of, you know, on one side, yes, there is a digital, but for physical and digital combination, how are they supposed to win over the built-in convenience that the online retail has? I think there's a couple of layers I think we need to look at here. I think one is the optimization, the convenience. Uh, the other is, as, as Rego pointed out, the expansion of the experience itself. 
To, to give you an example, I'm, I was never a big fan of going to the supermarket. I, I really dislike grocery shopping. Um, it's, it's, I mean, going there, then you spend an hour packing your stuff. Then you go home, you spend another hour unpacking your stuff, getting it into the shelves. Um, and I was really happy when the, when the, I was, sorry, I wasn't happy when the pandemic started, but as the pandemic started, I was happy that we started using, uh, online grocery shopping. So, so we would go to the webpage and, and order the groceries. But what I, what I realized is that I started to miss really going into the shop, experiencing new products, finding new products, finding new offerings. Because when I go to the webpage, I always went to the same places. I picked the same same things and I got the same things home. And very often I just copied over last week's um, order and ordered it again because I needed the same stuff again. And I think it's that mixture between, yes, convenience, Valerie, that's that's completely right. But on the other hand, um, also having that experience of being in the shop, experiencing new products. And, and I think these different layers need to be very, very much balanced. Uh, otherwise, you you will basically not, not uh, be able to interact with the customer long-term. And I think that is something that online shopping hasn't really accomplished yet. And most likely then in that convergence, uh, you can expand customer loyalty, customer experience, and all of these uh, elements there. Yeah, I, I think one interesting feature, and I, I think you kind of alluded to it uh, with your comment, Michael, is that, um, the your experience may vary so so the thing mm -hmm. is that that today you want something next week you want to experience it in in a completely different way so the retailers need to be able to shift constantly to different modes of delivering the service and and delivering it effectively through mm -hmm. each of the ways that you consume their services and i think it's really interesting for example, how um, uh, the uh, retail grocery collection works. Because for these guys, they, they basically get the orders in their uh, iPads or, or the pads, that, which create a collection plan for them as they know the uh, how the layout of the retail shop is, which is then, again, a new way of, creating this digital physical blur. And this effectively creates an, a requirement for the shops to, to be able to map each and every product uh, on a map of the, uh, of the shop. And then if we then project this to the customers again, they will have a map of the store in their cell phones, most likely in the future, which will enable them to streamline their shopping experience when they select to come to the store. So it's this multitude of interaction possibilities and, and optimizing and experience possibilities that this physical and uh, digital blur is bringing to the market. And, and I guess that the core aspect of it is serving as many customers in as many diverse ways uh, as they want 
in order to make their specific experience as good as it can be made. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. And and I think it's not only about grocery shopping and, and it's not only the the combination of online shopping and in-shop shopping. I think it's also imagine going to a to a clothing store and not needing to fit on all the different sizes and all the different clothes, but you step into into, I don't know, a frame and it measures you and it shows you in a digital mirror how you will look in different colors, in different dresses, in different fabrics. And then this is linked to a customized um, basically production line where you can then customize, produce these products just fit for your size, for your for your figure, for, for, your, for your needs. Because I think... There, there will be a lot of things coming together. There, there will also be a topic like 3D printing or um, different types of nearshore producing uh, of, of different, different things that will inter, intertwine with, with all of these trends so that we will have a whole different shopping experience. One thing that I find very exciting and scary at the same time is the way that uh, Amazon has entered our homes with um, with uh, the Alexa, isn't it right? Um, and what they what they can do with that is integrate the shopping experience to the moment that you realize something. And it's this integration to the whole twenty four hour cycle that we live in our homes and at work which really creates a really kind of immersive experience and and immersive influence of these retailers in our life and, and this this again is both physical and digital there are printers already that have a button which enables you by pressing that button to order more uh, printer paper uh, for the printer through the Amazon web shop, which is again one example of how digital and physical is is blurred. Hmm. It's a very valid point about integrating. You mentioned Draco, because I think um, it's, it's, it's interesting to think of it that before it was that, you know, first the customer realizes that they need something, then they act on that need, then, you know, and they kind of do it in succession. You kind of do it instantly. Now things that like Alexa or now, for example, the integration of shopping features in our social media platforms, like on Facebook or on Instagram, uh, that enable us to shop. And similarly, that on TikTok and a few other bigger live stream platforms in China, for example, where the influencers, when, whenever they do a live stream, they allow you to buy something for a limited time with a discount directly from the app, from the live stream that you're watching. So there's, and there's a lot of this integration that is now, you know, instantaneous in the moment of the buying intent. And naturally with the existence of Alexa and then existence of more um, advanced IoT kind of devices at home, like, you know, I think one of the most popular examples is the smart fridge that would then, as you, Michael mentioned, you have a very, you know, routine in what you eat. So the fridge can remember what you have and will put the orders for you so that the, the need is fulfilled before your buying intent appears because the technology knows it's going to appear soon. 
And that's already quite a, a crazy thought. But I wanted to also shift the discussion a bit in a different direction because one thing about, I mean, not that's not the only thing, but about retail is that, you know, there's a customer side and naturally there's also a lot of the supplier side. Managing uh, a retailer as a member of the ecosystem is this one big challenge uh, facing there as well. So how do you think that is changing uh, in the face of this physical digital interaction? Before I answer to that, let, let me let me quickly comment on your on your previous previous uh, point. Just imagine when your fridge starts talking to your scale and starts to adjust your diet plan based on that. I think that is a really scary future. But but that's just a side note. I I think um, I was I was thinking about that earlier in the discussion. Um, we're very talk often talking about the front end. Uh, when we talk about digital phys physical convergence, but the back end in the retail space will also fundamentally change to a to a very different setup. Um, so the example I mentioned earlier in the clothing store, if if you all of a sudden are in the clothing store and you get a really tailor made dress, shirt, pants, pair of pants, basically um, offered in this digital mirror that means on the back end you need to have a real-time supply chain that supplies exactly this customized pair of jeans for me in a very short time frame because i will not be waiting for two three months before that pair of jeans arrives um, at my home from from a far away production place so I think the whole back end will will need to change dramatically. And and if we talk about supply chains, supply chains have been changing already dramatically, much closer to a real time type of setup. But um, I think we will see more and more of that. And we will see stores that do not have a lot of stock in their warehouse um, that that will actually order real time based on what flies off the shelves because they will have a real time possibility to understand if there's three cans of beer left on the shelf or five cans of beer and if they need to order more and then it needs to be in place within hours rather than within weeks and the whole ordering process will will change fundamentally according to, to that so i think a very very good and very important point valerie here because the the whole supply chain, the whole front and back end will, will change dramatically with this uh, digital physical uh, convergence that we're talking about. Yeah, let me let me carry on from there. I, I think there, there, are, there are maybe two core things that will, in, in my opinion, will change in the future. And this is a little bit of a prediction. Uh, one thing is that the uh, the wholesalers will most likely disappear, at least partially. What that means is that as as the web shops already enable you to buy pretty much directly from the producer, it's more about being able to find the right producers. And for that, you will most likely get anal analytics programs that will help you find those rather than uh, trusting a wholesaler to basically procure a stock of things. Most likely there will be still specialized uh, vertical 
operators who who know a, a specific field and are able to optimize that for you but but uh, most likely that's going to happen so so there is going to be more of a supply network and an ever configuring supply network rather than a, a supply a direct supply chain i might be wrong but that's that's most likely the direction that that is going and and that's definitely a product of of the digital physical blur um on the other hand um there is the, the change that the ones that get the com uh, that the clients in the the actual companies that have a physical space they will most likely not care anymore what kind of products they will carry but they will have a large large changing supply of pretty much anything that the client who spent their time coming through the door once and, and they will try and optimize that as well as possible so also that uh, the role and the the content of the shop is going to change as befits the brand of that company. So brand is going to be much bigger than the actual selection and that the user experience natural. Yeah, I fully, I fully agree. And I think already nowadays you have stores, for example, in Japan that don't have physical products in the shelf anymore, but have digital image, images of the of the products and you just click it and then at, at the checkout you basically get the products nicely packaged for you so i think we will see a lot of these things one thing i think like you mentioned earlier and I, I think that is something that is of a major concern and will become even a bigger concern in the future is the whole data privacy topic because if you think about digital physical convergence you you become this very transparent consumer um, and Valerie, you mentioned earlier about the fact that you can instantly order, but that will not even be the case because Amazon will you send you stuff before you even realize that you want it, before you even realize that you need it. Um, there's this example of, of a woman where Facebook did know earlier that she was pregnant than she did know herself. And if you translate that into, into the shopping mode, Amazon will know earlier that you want something than you want it. And, uh, and that basically means that, that we have to be very careful with these things and, and have to find the right balance between data privacy, between making sure that data is handled securely and, and by the right brokers. Um, and on the other side, the convenience and and the the positive sides of basically using that data because it's naturally nice if you if you if you're coming back to my example, if your scale talks to your fridge and all of a sudden it basically helps you lose weight, um, that's the positive side. The negative side is if that fridge then at the same or if that scale then at the same time talks to your life insurance or to other other um, players in your in your life that could actually have a negative effect and and we're seeing that as well where car insurance companies nowadays use driving data to adjust the cost of the insurance so i, I think this whole digital physical blur is is basically something that has its positives as well as its, its negatives, and, and we really have to make sure we consider those in in everything we do um, in that space. Yeah, totally agree. 
maybe I could um, sum up the discussion by now. I think we are, you know, we could actually take a lot more time discussing the topic. We haven't even touched on the topics of, for example, sustainability and, and circular economy within the retail uh, field. And uh, wink, wink, we have an event coming up, Digitally Circle trace, Traceability, on the topic of how you can create that traceability and transparency in supply chain. Um, but as I mentioned, you can discuss about this for quite a while. Uh, to sum up what we have talked about today, uh, we have pretty much looked at how this, this convergence of digital and physical and this, this whole digital revolution is really impacting retail on both of the sides, both on the customer side, where we see that you know, the technology enables more digital solutions to change the customer experience on the kind of physical side of things. And this integration between the physical things that we already have to the digital counterparts online. And at the same time, the existing digital solutions finding their way into our physical spaces. On the back end of things, on the supply chain, we see that there is um, that's something that should enable all of that innovation on the front end. And that's something that, according to some predictions here, uh, might eliminate wholesale, for example, or the ch interesting change from this current supply chain into supply network instead. So dig digital can enable many more changes in that direction as well. And all in all, we should be aware of the dangers that come with that change. Naturally, there's lots of positives and opportunities, but there are some dangers, like uh, as Michael mentioned about data privacy and the fact that naturally change is painful. And we might, you know, with the loss of some players, see significant changes in the job market and such. Um, so that's just a few things that at least I took out of this discussion. That was very interesting. Thank you a lot. Thanks, Valerie, for bringing up this very interesting topic. And I agree, we could discuss for many more hours. Thanks very much. Many topics to be still discussed. Indeed. Great. This is the end of the podcast. Have a great weekend, guys. Thank you, Michael. You as well, Michael. Thanks a lot.